What a hit! And that's carry on Winfrey. Here's Murray. In the pocket, he gets blocked. Wow! Daxton Hill shot out of a pin. Reverse into the hands of Presley. Presley, the right was Welcome to the WIDP Grind. I am Daryl, and I'm joined by Justice. Brock was caught up this week, and he couldn't join us, but uh, what's going on, Justice? Oh, not much, man. Just getting back from vacation, you know, trying to catch back up. Yeah? Have a good time? Rested up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Where'd you go to again? Uh, I went down to the Outer Banks in North Carolina. It's, you know, always a good time to go down there. Cool, cool. Weather cooperated. It wasn't too hot. Uh, it rained a couple of days, but hey, you know, take what you can get. Uh, you're at the beach. You can handle a little rain every now and then, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, so, I'm sitting here actually watching a replay of the national championship game. So, ugh. some of this is hard to watch. <laughs> it's a pretty but, good uh, game. It actually was a good game. Um I think you play this game 10 more times or nine more times to make it 10 or or 10 more times. I, I don't think Georgia can do this. I, I know that defense was all world once in a generation, but I think if you play it another 10 games, I think Alabama probably wins. I think they win at least seven of these. They had this uh, one. I'd, for say, a while. I'd say probably at least six, maybe. But they had this one for a while. But but yeah, this defense is. Uh, well, they, they they just they just they else. couldn't. They didn't, it seemed like it got to a point where they just couldn't move. You know, the receivers weren't helping the quarterback any. So when that happens, you're gonna lose. Right, right. I mean, after Did after back, well, was, the, the big thing was with Jamison Williams. Once he got hurt, that that changed the game a lot. That changed it, right? Because. Yeah. Earlier, I was watching the SEC championship game, and Bama did pretty much what they wanted to, right? Even against a defense this great, they they did what they wanted to. So I'm with you. I think the loss of of uh, Jameis Williamson, I think that hurt them. Um, that, had, that had a huge impact on that game, I think. A huge impact. Now, I'm not taking nothing away from that Georgia defense. No, absolutely. Georgia still might have won the game, early. but, but, yeah, the, but that it, definitely, it definitely impacted all, it all-world generational type as far as the whole group. And uh, they're going to be a good team this year because they're coached good. they got good players. But it's I don't see them repeating, and I think they're going to have a hard time. They can still make the playoffs, but they're not going to be one of the top two seeds. They're going to be a three or four seed at best. Well, um, it just all depends on how the, how the young talent – on the defensive side uh, develops, right? And and how quickly, right? Because yeah. if they lose early, th- that's the thing. You lose early, that kind of hurts you a little bit. Uh, now, of well, course, if losing early SEC, is better than losing, losing late, but yeah. True, but I mean, in the SEC, your schedule's so hard, your strength of schedule, you can afford to lose early because it's going to make, you're going to make up for it down the road, right? Because you're playing yeah. the gauntlet more or less. Yep, for sure. 
And they get more opportunities I mean, to impress. Yeah, because basically at least there's at least six teams on any given week that's ranked in the SEC more or less or close to it. Um, and even the teams that ain't ranked, we've seen it year in, year out, the upsets, the rivalries. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it opens it, uh, plays out this year. But uh, I think, as always, I think Bama's the team to beat. Um, yeah, I'm just looking at They've their got schedule the best now. Player in college football, I think. Period, and Will Anderson. Um, and I was uh, sorry, my dog's barking. Um, I was thinking about this the other day. Well, George, Georgia doesn't have that tough of a schedule. I mean, right. they, you, know, you know, they don't play Alabama. Um, I think Will Anderson may be the best defensive player. I've seen him, I don't know when. I was trying to think back to maybe when I've seen somebody better. Chase Young's not better than him. Um, I don't, Bosa was not better than him, I don't believe. Hutchison and Thibodeau was not better than him. Uh, Kyle Hamilton's not. I mean, I'm thinking back, I can't really remember without going through the drafts the last time I, last time I seen somebody this dominant. Maybe Sue, maybe for Nebraska. Yeah, and that's been what tw- almost twenty years ago. Yeah, I don't know. It's been a while for sure. And he should have won the Heisman, damn it! What <laughs> he did that year. Well, Willie Anderson should have won it last year. So. Yeah, and the fact that he wasn't even invited was a that was a shame. Yeah, I mean, like I know people are pick him as maybe a sleeper for this year, but in my opinion, if he didn't win it last year, I don't see him winning it this year. I don't you know. know. Well, last year I think was a down year. They weren't going to have two. Players, they weren't so. going to have two defensive players, Hutchison and him. They weren't going to take two and not take those offenses. Yeah, but I mean, the, the year he put up, and 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 there was no, in my opinion, no truly dominant offensive player. You know, last year I felt felt was a better opportunity than what what, what he would be provided for this year to win it. Right. He's got to repeat. He's got to repeat repeat what he did last year. And what hope that the offensive players are worse? That's not likely to happen. Well, he had 30, correct me if I'm wrong, 34 and a half or 34 plus TFLs, 17 and a half sacks. I thought it was close to like 20 sacks, but I could be wrong. Maybe it was, maybe it was, but that's about as damn dominant as you can be. Yeah, and he had like 100 tackles. I know, right? Usually when you see pass rushers, they don't have those tackle numbers. It's all about the TFLs and the sacks. So, yeah, he had uh, 101 tackles, 31 tackles for loss, 17 and a half sacks. That is yep. amazing. Yeah, that right. is freaking amazing. That's that's, and I think, <laughs> sorry, um, I think he does have a chance to be better this year because of the booking that's playing over there. Well. Dallas Turner's no slouch. Oh no, Dallas Turner is great, and I but I I, I kind of think the opposite. I think Dallas Turner's going to have a big year because Will Anderson's on the other side. Well, for us fantasy owners, right? If we have Dallas Turner, that's what we're hoping for, right? Absolutely. Will Anderson Absolutely. gets all attention, and Dallas Turner now 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 up. now the one thing about Turner is he didn't he you know his tackles aren't aren't anywhere close. 
but I could no. see I could see his sack numbers going up. But he, he had double, eight and a half double, sacks, and he only started three games. Yeah, I mean, he could he could easily get you know 12, 13 more thirteen sacks this year. I think. Oh, he's definitely getting double digits, and I'm with you. I think. I think twelve or thirteen is very attainable, and I think. I honestly think Will Anderson's going to lead the country again in sacks. I think he's that—he's that type of player. Um, I know you said you hadn't watched much of the SEC media days or whatever, um, and of course, in these media events, you know, only certain players go and the head coaches. And of course, in those settings and those scenarios, what do reporters and beat writers and stuff try to—they try to bait you into saying something, right? Absolutely. And, uh, I mean, that's the, if they weren't, if they didn't do that, they wouldn't be doing their job. So, right, right. So, you know, it was kind of surprisingly the whole Jimbo Saban thing wasn't brought up very much. And when Will Anderson was on the uh, podium, it was kind of brought up. And he's like, I'm not worried about that. Uh, when the season starts and we play that game, We'll take care of that. And he wasn't being cocky. He wasn't being brash. He was just being, hey, we're not worried about that. But when game day comes and we have to play them, we'll put that to bed. And uh, Yeah, I mean, I wonder, like, if the SEC said, hey, you know, don't, don't bring this up. Or the media guys were told, you know, felt like if they did bring it up that, you know, maybe Jimbo would shut them out in the future. So, Maybe. I mean, anything's possible, but I just – I know Nick Saban. I've listened to him enough. Sick of him. As a Tennessee well, fan, I'm sick of him. But When it all happened, like didn't the commissioner tell them to slide, knock it off? Right? Yeah, I mean, but when the, didn't the commissioner tell them to knock it off when it shortly after it happened? Yeah, I think so, but Saban is smart, and he's always been one to – when you tell him to knock it, he's not like me, right? Yeah, you tell me to knock it off, I have to knock it off because I can't say something sly and take a jab at a low end where everybody knows because I go for the jugular, right? I, I come out swinging. <laughs> right, right. I come out swinging, but Saban's not like that. He's smart, he's calculated, and he, you tell him to knock it off, he'll knock it off, but he's smart enough to slip a jab in there where everybody knows, and he didn't do that. He, he, did, he didn't yeah, do that. that's true. Um, you know, even right before he come on, it was pouring down rain and it was pouring down so hard that you could actually hear it on SEC network. They were there broadcasting it just beating the roof down. And one of the, uh, reporters or whoever, they're like, um, you know, it's been Nick, it's been raining. It's been pouring. We could hardly hear in here. And, and you walk on stage and just before you walk on stage, the rain goes away and he kind of chuckles and he said, well, I don't know that I have that kind of power, but you know, yeah. <laughs> so he's, he's quick witted. He's smart. And I just found it curious that he didn't take any shots include, or, or include it somehow. Right. You know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because on other things, if you listened, he did that. When you're talking about the NIL, he's like, you have the haves and the have-nots. Where the haves were good, you know, he took his little shots. He didn't do yeah. that when it comes to 
to Jimbo. So I, maybe they did. Like maybe you're right. Maybe they did tell him to, hey, you two, knock this shit off. You best behave. <laughs> but a player like Will Anderson, I think that's different because most players you ask them that they're probably going to fire away, right? They're going to. It's hard for players when they get heated up about something or just people in general. It's hard for them to well, hold back. And I mean, what's that? That was one of the things that they were talking about. He was just so calm, cool, and calculated. He's like, "We will, we'll squash this on the field. We'll take care of this whenever." I'm having a hard time thinking of it right now, but there's there's this phrase that Alabama uses all the time. Like, what was it? Don't oh, believe wow. the. Uh, like, I can't think. Like, don't believe the, exactly. in snake oil or. Ah oh, man, rat I can't poison. think. Rat poison. That's right. Don't don't rat eat the poison. rat poison. Yep. I don't know about you, but I'm avoiding rat poison altogether. But hey. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I just thought that was interesting because that I had tuned in at work. I was listening to it on the radio, and they just he Saban gave them nothing, and I'm like, okay. But everything else, the NIL and this, that, and the other, he was kind of you know taking his little jabs or whatever. But just interesting, so. Um, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, I guess enough about that. We'll move on here. Um, it seems like we talk about this every single freaking week, right? This realignment, yeah, but, this, but it might be coming to an end for now. It might be, and it might be. Um, and we've kind of alluded to this the last few episodes. Notre Dame has a deal with NBC set to expire in 2025, so that's another. Two years, three years, three. including this one, I guess. Yeah. Well, no, four counting this one. Yeah. No, it'd be three that count this one. Three. 22, 23, 24. 24, and then expires in 25. Yeah. Yeah. It appears they're doubling down and they're staying, and they want to. I don't want to say they want to stay independent, but they're going to stay independent in football as they're seeking a $75 million annual rights deal with NBC. Now, I did hear that the Big Ten had offered them something, offered them a big package. And to me, from the way it was portrayed, is Notre Dame's going to stand pat. They're going to hold as an independent as long as NBC will pony up now. Is $75 million an exorbitant number? Yes. But always start high and you can come down low, right? You can never start right. low. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> exactly. I think, I think that $75 million, while that's the initial number, I think they'll come off of it if NBC will participate. But if not, I think they go. that's when they go back to the Big Ten and say, okay, we're not quite getting what we want to stay independent. What's our piece of the pie in the Big Ten? And that's kind of how um, – it was portrayed on the radio that they're, you know, they're in the driver's seat, right? And yeah, they, no, they, they are. They're they're the, they're the next dominoes that you know they're. Well, they tied it to the SEC too because a if if they stay independent, you're not leaving them out of the college football playoffs. You're not right. And the SEC was like. Okay, that you know, we this whole at large thing they were going back to the Pac 12. The Pac 12 is the one that screwed this whole thing up. 
because I've heard yeah. this multiple times now. They had the SEC was willing to offer a six and six deal, you know, six conference, the six best conference champions, six at large or eight and four or whatever the case may be. And the Pac-12 was going to get an automatic bid. And for whatever reason, they got cold feet, thought they were trying to get the wool pulled over their eyes or or the rest of college football was trying to – I don't know what the deal was. And they said no, and pretty much the SEC is like, okay. Well, forget you. We yeah, tried to help you. We, we tried to help you. And – you know, with Notre Dame staying independent, that that kind of falls in line with what the SEC wants to do, right? Because you're not leaving Notre Dame out either way. So, yeah, I mean, so so really, what, what we're saying is, it's in NBC's hand what's going to happen, right? NBC's either going to NBC's going to either agree or they're not. And if they don't agree, then Notre Dame's going to Fox and ESPN they're the jump somewhere. They're the one that runs the show when it comes to college football. Those two. And I think NBC, you know, they've had this long-running partnership with Notre Dame, and it's been a moneymaker because if it wasn't, they wouldn't be doing it, right? I mean, they're they're yeah, not going to stay sure. with an independent school this long if it wouldn't make, if both parties weren't making money. So, do you think they stay independent, or do you think they eventually wind up? But and I don't care about basketball and all that crap. That that football's its own thing. Um, well. I th- I think they I think they want to stay independent. Now, does that mean that they will or not? I don't know, um, but I think I do think that 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 is what they want to do for sure. Um, and I think and I think if they do stay independent, then they're probably they can probably fend off this you know two conference super conference deal for a little while. So maybe it'll buy them. It could buy them some more time, and it gives everybody else a little hope too. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, if because to me, if Notre Dame jumps, then you, you're gonna you're gonna see other 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 pieces fall, and then potentially lead into a you know SEC Big Ten conference, and then everybody, and then the rest of everyone else. Right now, I do find it interesting that I saw Kirk Herbstreit say. He thought that it was going to go to a three super conference league, and I think he's kind of premising maybe. Well, I mean, I think that's possible exactly. if if Notre Dame goes to the ACC. I think that's possible, right? And I think he's kind of thinking the Pac twelve Big Twelve merge too. Yeah, which we're already talking about. And I think that's that not would be now. well. They may not have no choice but to do it. Well, I, I don't think I don't think there's an impetus to do it right now. Right. Which reports was all this all of the ACC wants out now. Yeah, I mean, I think that was a, that that report was a lot of speculation that you know seven to eight of the eight of the current ACC members would be able to get into the SEC or the Big Ten. And so that they would vote to dissolve the media rights deal. And I personally, I don't see seven to eight ACC teams getting into those two conferences. I just don't see it. Between I mean, I could see. Maybe. Well, maybe. I mean, 
I think the SEC would look at Clemson, what, the, Florida State, the, the, Miami. The, the SEC is at what sixteen right now? Yeah. So if you add four, that takes you to twenty. To twenty, and 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 the Big Twelve's at sixteen too, right? So yeah, and if they took four, I think so that's into twenty. But all, but yeah, but that 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 would mean all eight come from the ACC. I don't, and maybe maybe that is what happens, but I don't know. So, so yeah, his assumption his assumption is that Notre Dame and then seven ACC schools come, and I yeah I, I think Oregon and Washington are gonna come before you know so that that takes away two spots Notre Dame takes away a spot so at most that's what five spots for the ACC and that's not gonna be yeah, enough but- to that's not gonna be enough schools to 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 veto that media rights deal. Right, but if I'm if I'm Oregon and Washington, it for all intents and purposes, the Pac-12 is done. I think that happened the moment UCLA and USC left. Right. Well, it is. Uh, I mean, like you know, like we we're. If I'm just those saying. two, though, I think I would want to join. I would make that push to the Big Twelve because you can kind of gain the balance back as far as a bigger group. Well, I think I, I think they will, but I think they want to go to the Big Ten ultimately is what those two schools want. So maybe if that is a – that's not going to happen, then yes, maybe it will push, push the merger. Well, see, after, if that's but, the case, then I think Stanford goes with them if they can get Notre Dame because I think Stanford and Notre Dame would like to stay together because they're similar schools, you know, academically, all that. I think that would make sense. So if the Big 12 could pull – or the Big Ten, excuse me, if they could pull – if they can get Notre Dame, then I think Oregon, Washington, Stanford is your three that follows to make twenty. Right. Then so then that leaves only four. That's only four. That's only four for the to lead the ACC. Again, it's not going to be enough. It's not enough to to veto that. Well, I media think your other four. I think your other four. If if you've got the top four or four, your teams leaving. They don't have to leave together and go to the same place. They just have to leave. Well, true. So, but where where's everyone else? Where where's the? You gotta get four of the schools to go somewhere. Where are they gonna go? Are they gonna join the Big Twelve and the Pac twelve? I think or? so. I think that I think that's it. Because I think the minute that if you get Notre Dame, you get Oregon, Washington, and Stanford. That definitely closes the door on the Big Twelve. They're done. So those schools have got to decide where are we going. I think they join the Big Twelve. You get the four joining the SEC, and whatever's left in the ACC. I think joins that Big Twelve group and rounds it out at twenty, and you're going to have three twenty team conferences, super conferences. Well, I think I think I think if that happens, it'd be more likely that Big Twelve teams would want to be joining the ACC than vice versa. Then ACC going Possibly. to Big Twelve. I think Big Twelve is going to want to go to the ACC. I mean right. the you know the the you know the the word on the street is that the the Big Twelve Pac Twelve merger is not going to happen. And the article I read basically said it came down to financials. It said that they they kind of preliminary explored three options, and of the three options, the only one that might make financial sense is the as a complete merger. So they studied that a little bit more in depth, and at the end of the day, they came back and said even that doesn't make financial sense. See, I don't, I don't get that. I don't. This is college football. It's a money making machine. The only thing that can beat oh. it is the NFL, and I don't know that the NFL can beat it. Sometimes 
So, I mean, losing that LA market that 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 crushed Pac-12. It did. It did. But if you can join the ACC and pick up a Florida market, that's that's you got Miami, Florida State. That's two. That's well, very comparable to USC, UCLA, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, the, the, that that article that about the ACC kind of said that the that Miami would be left out in the cold because no one really wants Miami. They're they're just too small of a school, uh, see, too small, too small of an alumni base, et cetera. And so I that no one it, no one really wants Miami. Hmm. See, I don't see it. I, I think they are a they're a big name school. I mean. Well, they, they are recruit down there. That but, but they are, but they are, but they're, 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 they, but they are a small private school. So they are. I would see now them they, getting swallowed up by the SEC. I think the, I think Clemson, Florida State, Miami, and then whoever else, either Virginia. Well, see, what I saw was Florida State, Clemson, Vir, Virginia, or Virginia Tech, and then North Carolina. See, I don't think North Carolina will because they're not going to go anywhere without Duke. Well, they say they say that today, right? But if, if the writing's true, on the true. wall, the writing's on the wall. There's going to be two super conferences, and you can either be a part or not be a part. It all hinges on your basketball rivalry with Duke. They're they're going to say, "Oh, screw the rivalry." I mean, money. Right, which I guess, if that's the case, you could schedule non-conference with with Duke or North Carolina if you're one of the two. Yeah, um, sure. I don't know. I, I just. You hear so many things, it's kind of hard to wrap your head around all this shit, right? I mean, you hear so much. And I feel like we, we've we talked about it every week, but it's there's a new development every week. But I think oh, yeah. you, you said it earlier, everything's come to a grinding halt right now until Notre Dame domino falls. Yeah. I yeah. think I and- think once that domino moves one way or the other, Nothing else is happening, and then, then I think that's when the real shakeout right. comes. Yeah, and if NBC agrees to the deal with Notre Dame, then it's, I would imagine it's going to be quiet for a little while. I mean, even if they give them, what, 50, 60 million? Yeah, I would think. I think Notre Dame takes that and runs. and they Because I mean, cause cause it's like, only a football deal. It's not the rest of the sports. Right, it has nothing to do with anything else, just football. Because their, their other sports – Part they of the have, ACC deal. Yeah, we have that clause where they have to, you know, they have to join the ACC. Is that what it is, or whatever it is, or they have to pay them a buyout or something to leave? Yeah. Yep. So it's just those sports. So I could, and I think NBC does this. I think NBC they get to a deal where they, it's not going to be seventy five, but I I would say it's. 50 plus and I think if they can get 50 plus Notre Dame says we'll take it which kind of surprised me Texas didn't do some of the, sort of the same thing right because they got the Longhorn Network and which I'm kind of curious to what the SEC told them about well, that because it, that was it, their it, whole it, thing it, in the Big 12 the Big 12 was pissed off at them because they had their own network now it would be it'd be a big deal um, because it looks like their current deal pays them about 22 million a year Notre so, Dame, yeah, yeah. So they're they're asking basically for triple. Yep, a little over triple, almost four times. So, like I said, if you can get fifty to sixty million, that's 
two to three times what they're getting now. I think Notre Dame jumps all over that and, and never looks back. Yeah. Which then I think forces the third super conference. I think your Big 12, Pac-12 kind of joins. Yeah. Maybe some of them goes joins the Big 12. Maybe the ACC kind of evolves into some of the SEC or whatever. And then I think the rest. Right. That's, that's where I was going. Like when I said Notre Dame can buy themselves some time, right? If, if they if they jump, then it, it seems to me it's going to be pretty clear it's going to be two conferences. If they if they can stay independent, then yeah. it's not. And I think teams like the Big 12, the Pac-12, the ACC, in reality, they're hoping NBC does this, right? They're 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 hoping oh, absolutely. And wishing yeah, for sure. that they pay up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, well, I know I know we get long-winded on some of this stuff, but I, I find this whole stuff so interesting. The the backdoor deals and conversations and the rumors and um now you got all these conference media days coming and everybody's just kind of, you know, they're kind of hush hush. Cause you know, they don't want to stick their foot in their mouth. So. Yeah. Um, so we got some recruiting news here. Um, 2023 four star edge 16th overall edge Tamir Robinson has verbally committed to Penn state. Uh, in high school, he's a multi-sport athlete competing in track and field and basketball in addition to football, 6'4", 225 from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So he's a local kid. Um, he chose the Nittany Lions over Miami, Virginia, and Virginia Tech. Uh, during his junior season, he tore his ACL, MCL. The surgery was successful, and he is very close to being ready for this year. He's expected to be cleared by the end of July, so a couple more weeks, and he should be ready for his Senior year of high school ball. Um, not somebody I've watched. I don't know if you've watched any of him. No, just in doing the research for the for the the, the note here, um, I, I want to say he's kind of grown into a, a defensive line position or edge edge position. I think when he started, he was more like a you know a defensive back. I mean, you see, he's not he's not from a weight. He's very tall, but from a weight perspective, he's he's pretty skinny. You know, only two twenty five. So. Um, right, I think he's, but I he's think someone as long they, as you have the frame, the weight, right. the bulk, they can and the mass they can add later. So, so my, my my guess is when he entered high school, he was a smaller kid, so he was playing defensive back or something, and you know he's, right. he's, he's probably a safety or something like that. Maybe the height has shot up, and the weight just hasn't caught up yet. But get him into right. Penn State, Penn State, and get him in some weight training programs. He'll, I'm sure he'll bulk up. Right. Um, 2023 four-star, 11th overall linebacker Lewis Carter has verbally committed to Oklahoma. He's a six-foot, 200-pound uh, player from Tampa, Florida. Had offers from Clemson, Auburn, North Carolina, and Central Florida, among others, before choosing Oklahoma. In high school, in addition to playing football, he competes in track and field. He has a 100-meter time of 11.15. And competed and competed in the four by four hundred relay. Um, as a junior, he was a two way player, both at running back, linebacker, where he had sixty six tackles, two sacks, a pick, and a forced fumble on defense, and ran for almost four hundred yards and five touchdowns, with an eight point six yards per carry on offense. And so clearly, I mean, clearly he has some talent, right? That's the the to me the yards per carry is pretty impressive. Um, 
Now, I don't know the kind of competition he plays, but, uh, you know, he's seems like it seems like a really good get for Oklahoma. Right. Uh, you know, a right. linebacker, a linebacker that can cover probably, you know, with the speed. And yep. so some someone they could definitely use for sure. Uh, one yep. thing I did not look at look at was I'm curious if uh, he would if he's more of like a Venables follower. So maybe, you know, he was leaning Clemson and then when. Venables went to Oklahoma. He followed him to Oklahoma. Oh, I'm not sure. Question. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure about that, but you know, just that, no, I, thought, I would have to go back and look at 247 sports. They had that. So, um, and then our final piece of news, 2023 four star fifth ranked D lineman overall 52nd player overall. So almost a top 50 player. Jason Moore has verbally committed to Ohio state, uh, six, six, 255 from Hyattsville, Maryland. He chose uh, the Buckeyes over Michigan, Maryland, Notre Dame, and Penn State. He also plays basketball. And that what that was what he was known for as he entered DeMathia High School. DeMatha. But this DeMatha. Yeah, I hate some of these names. But the summer after his sophomore year, he decided to focus on football and make that his primary sport a decision that has apparently paid off for him, and he hopes to follow in the footsteps of DeMatha High School and Ohio State great Chase Young. Um, super tall, 6'6", 255. Uh, that tells me he's going to be that edge guy, right? They're going to they're going to yeah. stick him out there on the edge where he can bat down passes, rush the passer. Um, I mean, I think he's got to be a high upside potential guy, right? Because – he didn't really focus on football until recently. He's already getting, you know, he's already a, a you know, four star number five at the position. So that just tells me like he's got a lot of potential and upside to, you know, to improve. Right. Um, and that kind of does it for the news and notes. Um, like we tell you every week, this time of year from I don't know. From March to August, you could do three-hour shows just on recruiting if you wanted to get down into the three and two stars and all that. We try to focus four stars and up. Um, like I said, we don't watch everybody. We just want to. We want to get the names out there. Um, I can't speak for justice, but I when we put these news and notes in, I do try to go back and look at some of their tape. Uh, get a feel for them, see where they're coming from, see what they can do. Um, but there's just at this level, it's not like the NFL, right? Where you can you can kind of sit down and watch most of the players. You can't watch them all, but you can sit down and watch a, right. a big majority of them. Trying to watch every high school player, that's just insane. And I don't know that even 247 Sports and Max Preps and those guys, even they don't do that, right? They got their region guys and they got their sub scouts. So, well, um, and, and then the thing is, is you're only seeing highlight videos. So, you know, that's only right. telling once that's only telling you one side of the story, so to speak. Which now I will say if it's an East Tennessee thing during high school season, we have a local channel that uh, on Thursday nights they play rivalry game Thursday. So they pick a rivalry game every Thursday from around the area and they broadcast it on TV. So how oh, nice. Even Thursday night football zone. I try to tape this or at least watch it and see 
you know, get an actual feel for what these guys are doing. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, when the state playoffs are on, uh, that's broadcast all over the state. So I definitely tune in for that because that's usually where your bigger stars are. So, um, and then every once in a while, I'll make it out to, you know, some of these Division two schools, Division three schools. Uh, I think that's kind of where you – my hope is where you start to grow, right? You get your foot in some of these – lower levels and make your name and, and maybe work your way up. So, um, and that got anything else? Uh, nope. That's it for the news and notes. I think. All right, man. Great job on the news and notes. I know I've usually do that, but I've been so busy lately. So great job on putting all that together, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, man. Um, so our five-star topic. We've been doing conference breakdowns. So this week we're going to do the ACC. We're going to try to do both the Atlantic and the Coastal. Um, I think we're making pretty good time here, so I think we'll be able to squeeze both of these in. Um, but before we do that, we want to thank MyFancyLeague.com. Um, they handle all of our listener leagues, the Davey IDP Grind Listener League. On the NFL side, our IDP Nation listener leagues, they take care of that. Uh, they uh, comp us for those, uh, support us for our listener leagues. We want to thank them for that. Um, if you're playing IDP or if you're playing just regular college, right, campus to Canton, you know all of the issues and whatever with with the F word is how I'll say it, uh, league. Um and you don't have that with with my fancy league. They, I mean, they're always on top of what they're doing, taking care of their customers and stuff. So um, we thank them for that. And then um, one more action twenty four seven gambling site. It's for Tennesseans by Tennesseans. It's a local gambling site. Um, their odds are just as good or better as the big boys. Uh, you get paid out the same day. You know. Um, you know, you hit it big. They're you can cash out. They're gonna that money's gonna hit your your uh, payout that day. So, um, and like I said, I've been using them for basically a year and a half, two years now. And man, I, I love them. Uh, I really do. Um, and they got everything right: baseball, football, basketball, hockey, soccer, racing. But they got ping pong. They got darts. They've got. Uh, Formula One, I mean, it, it, anything you can think of, AAA baseball. Not many sites have AAA baseball, but they do. They, If you know you're a AAA, you know, locally, you can bet on your teams, get that going. Um, and like I said, their odds and everything is just as good as the big boys. Um, they're a sponsor of ours. They get, if you follow them on social media, they're always giving away free bets, free swag, Um running contest stuff like that uh every once in a while they send us swag which we've got a contest i think we're going to do pretty soon a giveaway uh, we've got some stuff we can give away so stay tuned for that but uh, we thank them for supporting us and we thank you for supporting them right so anytime you make a deposit or your first initial deposit if you'll use the promo code hollywood 100 you deposit 400, they're going to give you 400. So that's 800 smackers, eight Benjamins you got to uh, gamble with. So 
Um, not many, I don't know if any website will do that. They usually give you some kind of bonus or credit with promo codes, but to double up what you're, you're depositing, that's a pretty big deal. So go check them out. And uh, again, promo code Hollywood 100. And we thank you for that. Um, whew, I get long winded. I have to take a break. I'm glad you're here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, I always joked. Uh, I did this for a little while because I was Dan was helping me and we had some others. And then they kind of had their own real life stuff. They had to step away. And I was doing this by myself. And I was like, damn. I like to talk, but even I can't do a damn podcast by myself. So I, I don't That's all good, that man. do a podcast by themselves. I, I really don't know how they do it because it, it's a lot. So, but yeah, I thank you, uh, Justice and Brock, both for uh, stepping in and doing this. I know y'all do it because you love it. That's why I started doing it. But um, I quickly realized that there's a, a want for this. There's a need for this. Um, and it's growing. I know a lot of people, they want to call it a niche or, or whatever, but um, I wouldn't discount that because there's crazies like us out there and they're multiplying every day. And, uh, you know, when it comes to IDP Davy, there's not a lot of content out there and I'm not saying well, there is it, right? Let's right. This is pretty much it. This is it. Yeah, and I, I'm not saying I'm the best, and I'm not saying I'm always right. If I if I screw oh, up, we we're, say, hey, we all all right. We all do, right? I mean, you know, we're wrong. We're but, just trying to help um, out. We're trying to help out. So, with that said, please send us any questions, trades. You know, if you just need help, values, whatever, reach out to us at justice underscore two three one eight at Hollywood Titan. I don't know, Brooks. It's at chopping something. At chopping underscore KC. Yeah, at chopping underscore KC. Reach out to us or just hit us up on at Debbie IDP Grind. And uh, we would be more than glad to help you out. Um, check us out. Um, on a side note, I do a lot of stuff on IDP Nation. I do some Debbie stuff there. And I do a lot of my stuff on the Patreon, our IDP Nation Patreon. So I got a lot of IDP. Davy stuff there, so go check that out. ACZ, just I was gonna say if you haven't if you haven't uh, checked out the so after we do these conference previews, we put we put the players' names. We have a a Google spreadsheet where you can come and see the players' names that we're talking about as we do these conference previews. So if you haven't checked that out, um, you know please do, and you know hopefully that'll get get, instead of having to write down or take notes, you know this will this provide that for you. Yep, absolutely. And Justice put all this together. Uh, you know, we add some stuff to it here and there. But, um, yeah, man, he definitely posts the uh, the spreadsheets each week on each conference breakdown. So go check those out. Go back and check out the previous pods because uh, we'll give you some nuggets here and there that maybe is not on the spreadsheet. So if you're an IDP daddy guy, this is definitely where you want to turn into. All right. So we're doing... ACC, Atlantic. Yeah, Atlantic. Um, This is just so wrong. You got Boston College. You got one player, and it's a damn corner, man. Come on. (laughs) 
That's well, just wrong. That's just I try, wrong. I tried to make sure there's at least one player from every team, man. And they're just they don't they don't have a whole lot in Boston I mean, College. I think we so. at least gave Vanderbilt like two or three. Boston College. No, we, we only had we only had one for Vanderbilt. We only had okay, um, okay, okay. Am, 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 was the name Anthony Orgy? He's the only one we had. For yes, Vanderbilt. I believe so. Um, so Boston College, Josh DeBerry, um, he's a corner. Has dual eligibility safety corner on fan tracks, three star top 100 guy, or uh, in the at the position, he's 100, 53 tackles a sack, two picks, and he's a preseason first team all conference. Yeah, I mean, he's probably a college kind of production kind of guy. I haven't, I haven't seen anything about him getting any kind of NFL draft potential, but you know. Right. And most colleges had some NFL guys, right? AJ Dillon. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, they've had a couple linebackers that's went. Uh, they've yep. got Phil Jerkovich and Zay Flowers, who's probably the two big ones this year. Uh, by the way, I like both of those guys in, in Davey. Um, but they've had some guys, Max Richardson and, um, oh, help me, the other linebacker. Um, Who was the, wasn't there a guy that got hurt? Like, oh, man. Hang on, I'll tell you. Max Richardson was one of the linebackers, but it was the other linebacker that was uh, was the other guy, and I can't think of his name. Hang on, I'm trying to look it up real quick. Uh, Mark, Her- Mark Herslick is who I'm thinking about. Yeah, that he played for the Giants a few years back. Yeah, that's who I was thinking about. I can't think of this guy's name, but uh, anyway. Yeah, so this corner is the guy you want. <laughs> if you want somebody from Boston College. <laughs> and that's not a bad pick, right? Because Boston College is probably going to trail in a lot of games. Um, they're going to get attacked down the field early. Yeah. Yeah, maybe potential for a lot of shootouts, so. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you, if you, I mean, if you're trying to, I mean, I, I don't know who the the starting middle linebacker is. Maybe it's uh, Vinny De Palma, or I'm not sure sure who else they got there. But you know, maybe you kind of look at uh, look at him. Um, maybe you know, kind of take a wait and see approach with someone like a Vinny De Palma to see you know how how he starts how he starts the season out before you pick him up. But I mean, I just don't. I don't see a whole lot there as far as that that would interest me to go grab right now. Right. And Josh DeBerry, like we said, he's listed as a corner, but has the dual eligibility. If you look back last year, he was second on the team in tackles with 53. He believed this or not. He was tied for the team lead in tackles for a loss with seven. Wow. Plus, he had a sack, two picks, three pass deflections, a forced fumble. Um, I mean, if you're looking for a corner or a defensive back, that's that's pretty good if you're getting tackles for loss and sacks. So, um, yeah, especially if, you, if it's a cornerback required league, he might, you know, he's someone that might exactly, have some value. Exactly. There, there's your boost right there. That's your cheat code. Um, enough about Boston College. Clemson. 
and I feel like we could talk about these guys for the rest of the podcast. Um, Absolutely. So Especially I'm going to go the through these line. one by one. Exactly. Um, I'm going to go through these one by one. And Clemson didn't look like Clemson of old, right? Last year, DJ, we well, all the I mean, struggled. They, they had their issues on offense and, they just didn't seem yeah. to be that. The offense Trevor struggled. Lawrence. The defense, the defense didn't really, but the offense. Oh, the defense was. is what carried them. If it hadn't been yeah. for the defense, I don't know that Clemson would have been a five hundred team. Yeah, and I mean, what was the, the truth. What was the Georgia game? What nine to six? Is that right? Is that what the final score was, or ten to six? I think like it that? was. I, I, I believe it was. That defense. We we talked about Georgia's earlier. You take Georgia's generational defense out of this. I think Dan Clemson deserves some major credit for a playing as good as they did with the positions that they were put in and B keeping the games close enough for Clemson to win. Um, Oh yeah. I mean, their defense, some of those games were just hard to watch last year. I watched some of those trying to watch offense. Offense was just so bad. Oh, Oh, it's horrible. Um, Yeah. And and a lot of people blame the offensive line, but I, I mean, do they share? They share in the blame, but I don't think it was just the offensive right. line's fault. No, I don't think either. Um, just uh, that whole offense just did not seem together or in sync or on the same and page. It, it, it didn't look much it. better in the spring game either. So I have not watched the spring game. So I wa- well, I take that back. I watched a little bit when Cade Klubnik was in there. Yeah, uh, and then I had to go and do something, so I didn't get to watch a lot of the rest. But I don't know. Hopefully, they can turn around, right? I right. mean, well, we know that we know that DJU, you know, he showed something two years ago, so maybe he can rekindle that magic. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people hoping that. Not only Clemson, but fans and fantasy managers. There's a lot of people hoping that. Oh yeah, because because somebody has DJU, they spent a pretty high. They, they paid a pretty high price to get them last year. So, Yes, they did. Um, so we'll, we'll start down the list here. Defensive end, Miles Murphy, a five-star, number one at the position, 39 tackles, eight sacks, preseason first team all-conference. Um, the interesting thing here is like, like the same thing with the SEC is SEC had two Byron Youngs. The ACC has two Miles Murphys. Yep, the other one's on North Carolina. North Carolina. Yeah, I just thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we get those quirky things like that from time to time. Um, I think Murphy's one of the best pure defensive ends in college football. Um, he's a bigger boy. Um, but he, like we said, he led. Clemson last year with 14 and a half TFLs. He led them with eight sacks. Um, I would expect those type of numbers again, maybe even creep into double digit sacks this year. Um, maybe get 10, 11. Yep. And I, this is his junior year, if I'm not mistaken. Well, his class of 2020. So academically. Yeah. So this would. Yeah. Academically, it's his junior year. Eligibility, yeah, so he would be eligibility draft eligible. sophomore year, I guess. Yeah, but he would be draft eligible because he's been out 
yep. uh, out of high school for two years. So, um, I mean, if you're chasing sacks and tackles for a loss, it, there's not many better, right? So, uh, for sure. Up next is defensive tackle Brian Bracey, defensive end, defensive tackle on fan tracks, five star, number one at the position, 13 tackles, one and a half sacks last year, first team all conference. Just yeah, throw he, last year out the window. He's got a lot he of hurt. potential. He, but it's time for him to live up to the potential, right? I mean. Yeah, and I thought we saw flashes of that as a freshman, right? We yeah, saw a yeah. lot of flashes of that. Um, I'm hoping he's fully healthy, fully recovered, ready to go, that he's not working the rest off when season starts. And I don't think that'll be the case. I think he'll be ready to rock. Um, this dude's amazing. Um for, his, for you that's been listening to this podcast for the last couple of years, I made the comment to when Dan was hosting and we had Eric Harif on with us too. Um, and they will never let me live this down. I made the comment watching his high school tape. I was like, he's an elephant playing among cats. And that's exactly what the hell it looked like because he was huge, dude. I mean, I was watching his high school tape and you got this freaking mountain out there and it, it's an elephant and you got these you know how high schoolers are yeah you know and just little kids running around and bouncing off of them and i was like man dude this i, I need to put that on the t-shirt an elephant surrounded by cats and uh, i think that's <laughs> something i'm gonna try to work on but uh you he know definitely has all the talent in the world you know just can he, he does and, and some of the questions was well high school is one thing to dominate true but how are you going to do when you get in college, especially a power five like the ACC? Right when you're when you're around when you're around all the other elephants. Right, and he held his own, and he didn't only hold his own; he was an impact player as a freshman right away. Um, I hated he got hurt last year because I think that deal derailed him a little bit. But um, man, if you're if you're in a defensive tackle position league, this is a dude you're going to want because he's going to make you a lot of plays. Yeah, and he's like very likely playing on Sundays unless he yep. falls flat on his face this year. Yep, absolutely. Um, linebacker Trenton Simpson, five-star, one overall at the position, 65 tackles, six and a half sacks, preseason first-team all-conference. Um, kind of played he, He's the one I'm, that, most excited, I'm most excited about, man. I mean, See, I think so, too. I think he's going to have a big breakout year. I mean, I'm seeing him get mocked, you know, and in the first round for the draft. So I think wow, people are that's expecting, high, that's praise. expecting big things out of him this year. Right. Um, safety, Andrew. Makuba. Okay. I got it right. Yay. Four star eighth overall to position 2021 class, 47 tackles a sack. Um, I like this kid too. Yeah, I mean, I know in the spring game they used him a lot, like you know, all over the field. So, yeah, maybe he, he'll, you know, he gets you some right. tackles. Um, I think anything pass rushing, like sacks, tackles for loss, stuff like that, I think that's just a bonus. But I could easily see him a 60, 70 plus tackle guy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yep. Um, here's one I'm kind of interested to hear your thoughts on. Um, 
and they've got so many of these guys, you're going to hear the same position. <laughs> Defensive end, Xavier Thomas, five-star, one overall in the 2018 class. 21 sack, or twenty-one tackles, four and a half sacks. Second team preseason all-conference. All um, I like this kid, too. He's a, he's a big dude. Well, I think I think the next the next kind of you know three guys we're really gonna we're gonna hit on are they all kind of they all have potential, right? The question right. is, and, and those would are, be are they gonna live up, live up to that potential? KJ Henry, five star, three at the position of 2018, 21, four sacks. Um, I think him, I think Henry Thomas and Murphy. Murphy's gonna be your mainstay. I think yeah. he's the he's the bigger prize yeah. of the three, but For I sure. could see those three in a rotation of sorts. Yeah, to keep them fresh. Yep. Which I think they yeah. I think they do that a lot anyway. They they have so much talent on the defensive line. They you know they can exactly. You're that. going back Christian Wilkins and those guys of the past. I think that's a formula that's kind of worked for Clemson, right? And I you yeah. see it a lot in NFL too. If you've got the talent, they like to rotate them, keep those guys fresh, where you're not just wearing them down. Uh, it makes everything so much better. So, yeah. Uh, would you take Henry or Thomas if you had to choose between the two? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I would probably lean I'd, – I'd probably lean Thomas. See, I think Thomas is where I would I'd go as well. It's close, but I think Thomas is more of a – I think he's more of a – I, I think he's flashed a little bit more than Henry has. Yeah. And then our final two here are defensive tackles. Gosh, I don't even Rook uh, Ahor. Rook or or Horhoro. Rook Horhoro. Three star, 49th at the position, 36 tackles, two and a half sacks. And then Tyler Davis, four four star, 12 at the position, 21 tackles, one and a half sack, one and a half sacks. Uh, and he's the first team all-conference preseason winner. Um, I've heard some about Davis. He's played well at times. Um, yeah. I mean, I think he's he's the starter. I think Rook's the backup. Right. Or his backup. Bre- Breezy and Davis, the two, you know, interior guys. Right. Yeah, Breezy's definitely – he's the main guy. And, and going back to Breezy a little bit, at times – they play him at defensive end too. Yeah. Yep. So they they try to win the matchups there. So, and that's players that I like. You're you're not kind of pigeonholed into one position, right? Because um, you well, can no, play no, them at defensive tackle, right. but you're letting them play defensive end. Yeah. If if you're in a deep tackle required league, that's what you want to happen, right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um. So that does it for Clemson. Up next is Florida State. Safety, Jamin, Jamie Robinson, and he's a safety corner on fan tracks. Three-star, 32 at the position, 84 tackles, four picks, first team all-ACC conference for this year preseason. And I think he's someone that has definitely has some NFL potential, for sure. I do, too. Going to get you a lot of tackles. Uh, pretty good ball hawk. Um, I know you, yeah, I mean, a lot of people want depend on that, but I think 
and I don't think you depend on it. I, I kind of equate it to not comparing him to him, but just the, the thought on this. A lot of people hate Kevin Byard because, well, he can't keep this up. He can't keep doing this. Well, but he does. He keeps doing. He does it, it every year. You're right. And he, one, the one year he did not have the interceptions was because they weren't playing him like they always played him. You know, he had a completely different role that year for the team. And you know, when Amani Hooker stepped back in, you saw what Byer did. Every, I mean, he's always getting those four or five picks every year. So to say you can't continue that kind of progress i don't know that that's necessarily true now it doesn't always work out that way but um when you got no, ball hawk i think if you've got ball hawk skills they kind of set yourself apart from everybody else you either have them or you don't so and and the two best players on florida state defense are the two safeties that's i mean yes yes robinson and akeem dent those are the two best players on the team in terms of defense so yeah, and speaking of King Dent, he's a four-star, seven overall at the position, 44 tackles, a half sack, and a pick. So um, I'm with you. I think those are their two best players defensively, and they're probably going to get a lot of run this year. Uh, Norvell's still trying to get his team together, right, get them acclimated. It, it takes a couple years. Um, get your guys in there or whatever. So, uh, yeah, I mean – I think Florida State, that's their two guys. And for IDP Davy, that's two guys you should be looking at on your rosters. Yeah, they, the, the, the other two guys, I think, are guys they're hoping that steps up, you know, the defensive front. Yeah. Uh, Jared Verse, I'm really intrigued with this guy. He's a transfer from Albany, which is FCS. Um, but he had 52 tackles and nine and a half sacks which is amazing, right? But for oh, yeah, a defensive yeah. tackle, because he played inside like nose tackle, defensive tackle, um, which is really impressive that you can get that kind of pass rush from the interior. Now it's a whole nother thing going from the SCF or SCS to the FBS. For sure. And it's – but you see the potential there. And if they can get some pieces around him – I like him. I mean, we've seen it done before. So, I mean, he might, he's someone worth, you know, you might want to take a flyer on. Right. Yeah, and, I think so. And, I mean, you know, you, you, I think you'll know, per, you'll know pretty quick. Oh, yeah. You'll know right away. If it doesn't pan out, you cut them. I would say on. without looking at their schedule, because most teams around the country, they, they kind of schedule easy early on, you know, your cupcakes, especially if you're major teams, right? You kind of get your, yeah. you know, look at who they're playing. If and if he does really well against those teams, or or just does well, well, you get you'll get to see him week zero. They play Duquesne, week zero. Right. So if he can dominate Duquesne, then you're thinking, okay, there's some potential here. If he comes out and lays a goose egg, and has any kind of snap count, and he lays a goose egg, then you might be want to be hesitant. Um, that's kind of how I'm looking at because, and I've seen some players from Duquesne, um, do, uh, read, uh, Harrison Ducrow from a few years ago. So it's not like they don't have good players, but it's a big step up. Uh, you can kind of gauge where he's at, but I like verse. I think he's going to be 
like you said, kind of a sleeper pick, somebody I'm looking at for sure. Yeah. Um, I like him. And then Robert Cooper, I kind of thought he would come out last year or this year. Um, I think if he'd have had the season that he had had in the past, I think he would have. Um, 39 tackles and a half sack last year. Uh, a four-star ninth at the position. Didn't quite have the season that he had had before then. But I think it was a smart move. Yeah, because his sophomore his year, part. he had 40 tackles and five sacks. Or, I'm sorry, two sacks. Five tackles right. for loss. So, I think, you know, that – I can't blame him for coming back because I think that's a smart move on his part. I mean, this is his – this will technically be his fifth year. So, right, um, he's played. He's played. He's played four years, but he got that free COVID year. Yeah, and then I think he was. Uh, no, he was not a starter. So he had a red shirt year, but he did not. No, it looks like he played. Um, in, he played in six games in eighteen. Played a full schedule yep. in nineteen. Six games in twenty, and then a full schedule last year. In nineteen, his sophomore year, that was the year, right? Forty tackles. Yeah, that was five, forty tackles, five was two sacks. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if you can get that kind of production out of him this year with verse, I think that's huge. And that's going to be that's going to be the key. Um, so we'll move along here to Louisville. They've got two, and I think both of these are NFL caliber players. Um, linebacker Yasir Abdullah, three-star, 53 overall at the position, 60 tackles, 10 sacks. Um Second team all conference preseason, and then cornerback Keytrail Clark. Um, no stars, wasn't even graded. 2019 class, 40 tackles, three picks, and he's a first team all conference. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Abdullah was the guy that changed, had the game winning pick against. Um, I'd have to go back and look. Um, who was it? He had that. Pick. He had a pretty sure it was him. Oh, look at his stats. He only had one interception. That was in 2019. No, that was not him. I was thinking it's his teammate they had to pick, but um, 16 and a half tackles for a loss, 10 sacks, 60 tackles, 42 solos. Um, he's a legit player. Um, I like him. Yeah, if he can, yeah, I mean, up he, those numbers he stepped this up year, big time last year. Yes, he did. And I like Key Trill Clark, too. He's another one that's on NFL radars. Yeah. Um, I said, I've seen more buzz about Clark than I have Abdullah, but, yeah, I agree. I think they both. Yes. They're, they're both. Yeah, I think they both get drafted. Yep. Um, and I'm not saying early, but, you know. Maybe Clark. I, Clark wouldn't surprise me if he was early, but. Yeah, he's a little undersized, 5'10 and 165. So that's. And, and that's Abdullah, if he has another big year, he can he can improve his stock too. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Miami's up next. Akeem Mesidor, defensive tackle, three star, 28 at the position, um, transferred from West Virginia where he had 38 tackles, four and a half sacks. So that's a pretty good pickup for Miami. Uh, and then safety, James Williams, um, a five-star, one overall, 31 tackles, two picks. 
you know, James Williams was a high recruit last year, number one in his position, five-star kid. So I think that, you know, and, uh, oh gosh, Blades, right? He graduated. He's, he's, right. I think he's not signed with Seattle. So, you know, Williams can step into that spot. Yep. And, um, I'm trying to look here. They've got they've also got I don't know if he come did DeAndre Jordan go back for another year? No, he did uh, not. I no, I don't well actually nope, that's not I'm wrong about, it's not it's not Blade who graduated. Who was it that graduated that the start um, oh Bubba Bolden. Bubba Bolden, yes, the safety. Yeah, that's yes. what I'm thinking about. Yeah, he graduated, and Williams is going to step into his starting spot. And one that you didn't have on there that I think you definitely should have is um, defensive lineman Leonard Taylor, 6'3", 305. He was a freshman last year, had 21 tackles, uh, eight and a half for tackles for a loss, two sacks, and a pass deflection. Uh, kind of kicks out, plays some defensive end for them. Um, yeah, I like the young guys, it, especially in campus to Canton. Those are the guys I'm targeting, right? Um, yeah, it's one. It's one thing to get these, and maybe you're different, Justice. I don't know. You know, you do these drafts or auctions, and you're getting these guys coming out of high school, right? Um, but I almost kind of look the other way. I kind of look at the guys that were freshmen turn into sophomores and where I can trade for them. And I think Leonard Taylor, which I've done in a way, he's a guy that I, I kind of look, you know, that upside. They, you've already kind of seen a glimpse of what they can do. Um, I guess a little safer pick, if you will, than, than gambling on high schoolers, but I, I get it. Yeah, if you, uh, I think I think I, when I was putting these sheets together, I, I mixed them up some. If you scroll down, I have some more Miami. I don't have Taylor, but I have uh, Mitchell Agude and Tyreek Stevenson too. Oh, okay, okay. Agude oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I see him. Yeah, oh, Tyreek Stevenson. He's a transfer from Georgia. Yep, he transferred from Georgia in twenty, and then Agude is yep. a transfer from UCLA. Yeah, and then James Williams, he, he's a high-recruited player, too. So there's definitely some players on Miami you need to be looking at. Um, they're probably going to be behind in some games, which means that defense is going to be on the field a little bit. More opportunities. Um, I guess we will move on to NC State. Uh Peyton Wilson, linebacker, four-star, four overall, five tackles, one sack. Um, preseason All-American first team. You're guessing, well, why is he there? Well, he was injured last year. He got hurt in the second game, I think it was. Um, but before that, as a freshman, 69 tackles, uh, five for a loss, a pick, three pass deflections, and then as a sophomore, 108 tackles, 11 for 11 and a half for a loss, three and a half sacks, two picks, and then last year, huge things were expected of him um, oh, yeah. in the COVID yeah. year, and he got hurt. So 
That's been the thing with him. You know, he's, he's constantly yeah. getting injured. I mean, he had. Uh, I mean, I the talent, the skill set's there, right? The potential, absolutely. all that's there, but he's got to stay healthy and stay. And, and, and the thing is, is his shoulders, right? I think. I mean, I feel like he's had like. Yeah, that's kind of scary. He's had multiple shoulder injuries and, and surgeries, and so, you know, for a linebacker, that's not a good thing. <laughs> right. Uh, if you want to talk about the next one there for just a second. Yeah, next is uh, Peyton Wilson. I'm sorry, <laughs> uh, defensive tackle Corey Durden. He, uh, he's he got defensive tackle eligibility on fan tracks, but he actually plays defensive end. He was a three-star, number 24 at the class. He had 31 tackles, three and a half sacks last year. He is a 2022 uh, Athlon preseason second-team all-conference Um he, I believe he's a transfer from Florida State. He's been, in, I think, he's like he's one of those fifth-year super senior guys. I believe he played uh, two years at Florida State, and now this is his third year, I believe, at NC State. Um, he's he's a guy that has, has has flashed in the past with a lot of potential. Um, so hopefully, he can live up to that potential this year. Um, he's kind of a cheat code a little bit on fan tracks if you play in a defensive tackle required league since he actually plays defensive end, but he has defensive tackle eligibility. Uh, next up is linebacker Drake Thomas. Uh, he's a three-star, number 29 at the position. Last year he had 99 tackles, six sacks, and three interceptions. He is a uh, preseason first-team all-conference player. He is a player that kind of stepped up last year a- after the injuries, um, with the injuries to Peyton Wilson and then also Isaiah Moore. Uh Drake Thomas really stepped up last year and kind of filled those roles with those two guys out and injured. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how, how, how the playing time is split up with Wilson, Thomas, and Moore, assuming all three are healthy this year. Um, next is safety Tanner Engel. He's a three-star, number 80th position. Last year he had 82 tackles, half a sack, and interception. He's a uh, second-team all-conference preseason guy. Um, again, he's a, you know, 82 tackles safety. He's a good college producer for your, for your college side fantasy. Um, and then like I mentioned before, Isaiah Moore, who was a, had a big year, uh, two years ago, I guess. And last year he was injured never, never really came around, but, you know, I'd say Wilson, Thomas Moore and Engel are kind of the guys to watch for NC state. Um, and I know a lot of people expect a lot of, a lot of things out of NC State this year, hoping that uh, you know Devin Leary and the offense can keep things going and and maybe they can uh, potentially maybe win the ACC this year. Well, they they have a ton of pieces on defense, right? You're, you're talking about we just talked about Peyton Wilson and how good he was a couple of years ago, and then got hurt by injuries. And I think a lot of people would easily declare him the best defender on that team, right? Um, well, at least but from a, at least the, the best edge guy for sure. Right, and then you've got Drake Thomas, who had 99 tackles last year, which led the team. 13 and a half tackles for a loss led the team. Uh, six sacks, which was tied for the league uh, team lead. Three interceptions led the team. Um, I mean, he did a little bit of everything. And then you're talking about Tanner Engel. Um, I think he kind of benefited from Peyton Wilson stepping or getting injured. He was second on the team last year with 82 tackles. 
Um, yeah, and then, and then you so, look at Isaiah Moore, who two years ago had 94 tackles. Right, uh, and then he, that's what he, I was he, getting at. He was, Isaiah he Moore, was injured think, last year too. Yeah, yeah. So, I, and I really like Isaiah Moore. I do. I think so. They've got four, four guys right there that I, you almost have to find a way. In a way, right? You have to find a way to get all four of them on the field somehow. Kind of hard to do, but I think. I think you got to find a way. And when you've got players like um, Corey Durden playing up front, um, you've got uh, a Davin Van playing up front, which is another guy, Ibrahim uh, Conte, um, Vi Jones. They've got some nice pieces. Um, it's easy to see why they're expected to do a lot, right? Now, the question would be, can they get that offense to kind of match? But defensively, they should be one of the best defensive groups in the ACC, if not in the country. Yeah, and and you know, more more and Wilson might be on your waivers if guys that had them last year weren't patient, you know, because they were injured and out for the season. So, right, and we see that a lot, right? When players get hurt like that, especially some leagues, they'll drop them. Well, especially uh, you, know, you know, for you know, people drop the defense to. To get another, right. you know, offensive player. So, exactly. Um, Syracuse linebacker Mikael Jones, three-star, twenty-four to position, hundred nine tackles, three sacks. I think he's one of the better linebackers in college football. Um, yeah, I mean, I you're talking about like he's been around for guys. I really like these two Syracuse guys, especially for the NFL. Right. I mean, he's uh, he's been around forever, right? Yeah, I mean, I think this is his normal senior year, right? So he's a four this is it seems year. like he's been around forever, I should say. But yeah, I mean he, he led he, the team with hundred and nine tackles. He led well, he was second on the team. With 12 tackles for a loss, um, Cody Roscoe led with 12 and a half. He had the three sacks. I mean, this is a guy that's showed significant improvement each of his three years, right? I mean, he went from 38 tackles as a freshman, 68 as a sophomore, then 109 last year. Still classified as a sophomore, the uh, the COVID year. Um, yeah. But you also saw, excuse me, you also saw the two TFLs and a half sack to one TFL, one sack. Then he makes the jump. 12 TFLs, three sacks. Um, which tells me he's a pretty good downhill thumper, pretty good behind the, behind the line of scrimmage guy. But if you'll look back at 2020, he had four interceptions, uh, forced two fumbles, two fumble recoveries. So he's not bad in coverage either. I mean, he's not terrific, but he can kind of do a little bit of everything for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I like him, and yeah, he's a uh, hundred tackles. That's somebody you want on your team, <laughs> right? And I think if you're, I, I think you, he's a legit option for you on Debbie teams because. If you're chasing some of these big names right, and you can't get them or, you know, you right. don't have the money, then I think as a second or even third option, I think 
that's kind of where you're making up a lot of ground. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, the other guy is um, Darian Deuce Chestnut. Um, Three-star, 31 overall to position, 43 tackles and three interceptions. He's a second-team preseason all-conference. He was a true freshman last year. So, I mean, he he uh, he really showed out his freshman year. And I, I have seen some – some already seen some draft buzz about him. And he's still got two more years to go. Yeah, this is um, kind of exactly what I was talking about, right, with pass rushers, with like um, Josiah Stewart, um, Colin Oliver, um, uh, Turner for Alabama, these second-year guys that I would rather take a chance on and, and kind of pay up for these guys, just like uh, – just like Chestnut here, he he's a guy that I would rather pay up a little bit for now because I've already seen they've come out as freshmen and already produced. So, plus I know I've got at least two more years of them before they're even draft eligible. So, for yep. me, the upside and the value is there rather than kind of taking a risk on incoming freshmen. And if you're in a cornerback league, he's definitely someone that should be owned. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, sorry, I was making a note there. Um, that does it for the Atlantic Division. Oh, we still got Wake Forest. Coast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, Wake Forest, I'm sorry. Rondale Bothroyd. Yep. Uh, Three-star, 66th at the position, 63 tackles, seven sacks. Um, he's a defensive end, defensive end tackle eligibility on fan tracks. And then safety, Nick Anderson, um, not re recruited at all, hardly 44. Well, he was, he, he was a walk on. <laughs> yeah, he was a walk on. So, um, which is kind of intriguing because of their loss of, uh, Luke Masterson. Now, Anderson, Anderson had a, Anderson had a huge freshman year. Um, and then last year he didn't he didn't quite do as well as he did his freshman year, but maybe he can right. uh, re rekindle some of that magic of his freshman and year. And I think with Luke Masterson going now, that kind of opens up some uh, opportunities for him as well. Now, both uh, Rondell, uh, both Rod or both Roy, however you say his name, he's he's someone <laughs> that I, he's someone I ha I've seen that does um, does tend to get you know mocked. In the first couple rounds of the NFL draft, so I think you know he's definitely got some. He's obviously got college production for you, right? For for sixty tackles for a defensive end, is, that's pretty damn good. You know, plus yeah, and he, led, he led the so. team in tackles for a loss last year with sixteen and a half, and then his seven sacks was second. So, um, I think he's their, also got some rushers. NFL potential for you, right? And that's ultimately when you're playing Debbie, that's kind of what you're looking for. Players that can graduate on to your NFL or your, your Canton sides. Um, you're looking for that longevity that, and that's the whole pillar of Debbie and campus to Canton leagues. You want to control them from start to finish. Right. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Boythroyd is definitely somebody you need to have on your radars. Um, I'm not exactly sure. 
And if you'll bear with me just a minute, I'm willing to bet he's not rostered in very many leagues, would be my guess. Um, let's see here. If I can spell that name. Both Royd. Okay. Let's see here. Both Royd. <laughs> Both Royd. Yeah, it's. Uh, some of these names are just crazy. Now, Nick, you know, while he's looking uh, that up, Nick Nick Anderson, his uh, his fr true freshman year when he was a walk on, he had sixty three total tackles and four interceptions, and I'm pretty sure he had a he had that year he had a pretty big interception to to basically seal seal a win for Wake Forest. Um, I'm trying to see if I can find the game log against who that was, but let's see. Yeah, so um, he's only owned or rostered in 40% of fan tracks leagues. So that's a player, if you're, especially if you're in position specific leagues, right? Defensive ends, defensive tackles. Even if you're in generic leagues where it's defensive linemen, that's oh, somebody yeah. he, else he, going at. He, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I mean, it's not 60 percent availability. You got to, and, and sixty tackles. Like I said, that that's a lot for a lineman. Yeah, you don't you, you don't see that. So yeah, that's that's a, actually a name I just wrote down there. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you and that's something I do a lot of. You know, when I hear a name, if I'm not big on them or don't know, because you know, coming out of um, out of Wake Forest, the big name was uh, what's his name? I keep wanting uh, to say George Karloftis, but that's not right. He's Purdue um, from the year before. Oh gosh, yeah, he went to Buffalo, oh. right? Didn't he go to Buffalo? Yes, yes. Boogie <laughs> Basham. Yes, Boogie yes. Basham. You know, you, you know the big stars, but when they move on, or that secondary guy that plays alongside of them, a lot of time they get overlooked. So. When I hear these names and I kind of go back and see, one of the first things I do is go to see not are they just rostered in my leagues, but what percent of the leagues are they rostered in? Um, because if they're not rostered in a lot of leagues, then maybe they are rostered in the league that I'm in. But if they're not heavily rostered site-wide, then that's somebody I'm, I'm, okay, maybe I can make a trade here and, and get him – kind of a cheap deal yeah well now that we've talked about them for 10 minutes probably not so cheap exactly anymore. nobody will, it'll cost you two first round picks and a firstborn <laughs> um uh so now that we've covered wake force we can move on to the coastal division here um duke uh we talked about me and you kind of talked about them off air um they're much. They're way better than Vanderbilt. They beat Vanderbilt's ass. But, um, <laughs> in football, yeah. Shaka Hayward. Really like Shaka Hayward. I, I think he's an impressive guy. For only a three-star, forty-six at the position, ninety-seven tackles, three sacks, and a pick. And then Dwayne Carter, a defensive tackle. He's also a three-star, thirty-ninth at the position, thirty-six tackles and four and a half sacks. Um, I think Duke's going to lean heavily on both of those guys this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was just remembering there was a guy that you interviewed 
that moved up to Duke, and I can't think of his name. I think Colby he's Campbell. Lot. Yeah, uh, I can't remember how he did last year, but I, I remember you doing that interview with him. Yep, Colby Campbell. Um, actually, I don't know how he did last year either. Because um, he was an FCS guy, right? And he was and he moved up. Yep, he came from Presbyterian. I almost want to think he set out last year, but I don't know that to be true. It uh, looks like he only um, played in four four games. Yeah. So I don't know if he's got the COVID year eligibility. I'm assuming he does. Um, which is a name to watch because at the FCS, FCS level, he was a freaking stud. Well over 400 tackles. Um, I mean, a dominant star for Presbyterian, uh, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm look, looking up their roster to see if he's still on it. Speaking of interviews, we may have one coming up pretty soon. Um, it's so hard to get some of these interviews, especially nowadays with the NIL, because, and I, I get it, these kids want to get paid for everything they do, right? But uh, I've been working hard, so we may have a, uh, a Debbie interview coming up next week at some point. Um, I will tell you this. A teammate of his last year was an interview with us on WIDP Grind last year, and he was drafted in the draft this year. So um, there's that going oh, on. Oh, so. uh, the cornerback that you're talking about? Yep, Zion McCollum. Zion McCollum, yeah, Tampa Bay. Yep, yep. So his teammate from last year is uh, – I'm trying to get him uh, set up with an interview, so hopefully that will work out. But uh, moving along, Georgia Tech. Eef, Georgia Tech. Eef. <laughs> Well, one, one thing is, you know, they're not very good, so that means maybe their defense is a lot of opportunity on right. the field for their defense. And I used to love so. the Georgia Tech back in the day, right? With Bo Was it Bobby Johnson? Am I saying the right name? Uh, Bobby Jones, I think. Bo is that their head coach? But I'm thinking Jones was he, – he was the basketball coach maybe? I don't, the guy I'm picturing right. in my head. Uh, Bobby, thinking, Bobby Jones was a golfer. but <laughs> I'm thinking Bobby Johnson. Maybe it's not – Bobby, maybe it's somebody. Anyway, shows you how my brain works. But anyway, back in the day, Georgia Tech, when they run that funky offense, they were a handful. I mean, they're a handful now because of the offense they run because it's not something you see every day. So it's not like you're going to go out and practice for it. But um, well, they don't run the, they don't run the triple option anymore. So right, Bobby Ross. That's who you're thinking of. Bobby Ross. Yes, I don't know why. I, 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 I was thinking Ross. of the basketball coach uh, Bobby Crimmins. <laughs> right. But uh, they got a couple of players you need to watch here. Uh, linebacker Charlie Thomas, three-star, 48 at the position, 70 tackles, three sacks, and a pick. Interesting thing about him on fan tracks, he has linebacker safety corner eligibility. So if he's playing linebacker and you can play him at either of those two positions, major cheat code for you there. For sure, right. And a pretty starting, good player. Starting, starting middle linebacker, so – from a from a CFF standpoint, he's going to get you. He's going to provide college production. He's probably not giving you anything else, but he's going to give you college production. And in a position specifically, if you can start him at corner, yeah, absolutely. He's, that's that's almost double freaking cheat code, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Allende. Eli. 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 Yeah. Eli, Eli. Uh, I, I, I swear I butcher some of these names, but a three-star, 22 overall, 88 tackles, a half sack. Um, I like him, too. He's not going to give you a whole lot outside of tackles, right? But he's going to be a tackle machine for you. Um, Georgia Tech's probably going to be most likely behind in most games. Um, so the volume's there. Um, the opportunity's there. Opportunities sure. are there, yeah. And, I, you know, that's – we've probably talked about this a little bit before, but some people treat campus to Cantons and Davies like farm systems, right? They don't kind of – Well, they don't pay attention. They, 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 they put more emphasis on winning the NFL side, for sure. Right. They don't really try to win this, but – for me, I'm trying to win everything, right? I'm trying to kick everybody's right. ass. Right. I mean, I'm trying to win both. <laughs> I, I don't do it, but I try. Um, but I think a player like this is a perfect example. A Yindi LA, 88 tackles. You know, he's not going to give you a whole lot outside of the tackles, but as a third or fourth linebacker, yeah, on the Davy side, that's pretty damn good value. Wouldn't you yeah, agree, he's, Justin? He's, he's- yeah, he's going to give you college production that, that you know, and, and at a cheap price, you know. He's someone that you're going to pick up on waivers for free. You know? Yeah, so, while everybody's out here hunting the Henry Toa-Toa's and, and – Will Anderson's. Uh, and Will Anderson's, you can pick these guys up. Sure, they're not going to make your NFL roster, but if you can get enough of these guys mixed in with some of your studs, you can win this help. campus side. You right. can win you a few bucks, win the right? College Exactly. You know, you know, I, just, and I, I never think, understood why. I mean, I guess I understand it, but if you're paying for the college side, I get it. If you're a league I joined the other day because um, they needed somebody, uh, and it's Debbie, it's NFL side, right? Uh, but you get five Debbie players or five Debbie spots. They don't score anything for you. They don't do anything. That I get. You you pick these players. You take your shots. You do what you want to do with them. But um, like campus to Canton, if you're playing a full on league, I don't know why you wouldn't try to win that. I mean, I know you're kind well, of I looking think, ahead to the future, but I think for a lot of people, it's just you know, the college game is a lot of work, right? There's not even on the offensive side. There's not a, a quote ton. Of information there there is some for sure but there's right. not a whole lot there's not a whole lot it's not like the nfl right it's not like the nfl where right. i can go to the bookstore pick up a magazine and i can you know draft in 30 minutes and i can i got a great shot at winning the league that ain't gonna happen on the college side you know no Just, i think on the college side you kind of said it go to the grocery store or magazine store i mean you can get these lindy's and and Athlon Sports and uh, Phil Steels, and they're going to tell you the major stars, right? They're they're not going to really dig down and help you find the guys that are up and well, coming. The other thing, well, the other thing they're going to tell you that if you're not really paying attention, they're going to tell you. I mean, I, I remember, I remember that to this day, the, my very first college league ever. You know, twenty some years ago. Now I'm telling my age, but like <laughs> I, I, I went through one of those magazines and. You know, and I was like, when I got done the draft, I was like, man, you know, I'm going to win this league. I got all these guys that are going to be NFL <laughs> first first round picks. And 
Yeah, well, you know, it didn't turn out so well for me. I quickly learned that it's not, you know, it's from a, at least for a college fantasy football league, NFL potential doesn't mean squat. So that that's kind of to me like, yeah, these those magazines do help absolutely, but you can't like, you know, the, there like if you see rankings in those magazines, those rankings are geared towards NFL potential. Yes, absolutely. And they're not going to tell you, while they may tell you this guy has potential here, here, and here, they're looking, like the younger guys, they're looking three, four years down the road into the NFL. Um, Yeah. They're not going to tell you the guys that are like a Tyler Grubbs. We've talked about him at length on this show over the the years. Or even like a Shaka Hayward, right? He's not going to be in there. Right. Those guys are college production kind of guy. Right. They're not actually going to help you at the NFL level or if they even make it there. At best, they're probably special teams guys. Um, Where their value is, is on this college side where they can be stars. They can perform at an elite level. And that's those are the guys that you're looking for. I mean, it's nice to have your Will Anderson's, Kyle Hamilton's and people like that. You got to have that mix for your NFL side. But um, if you really want to be a balanced contender, I say, you got to have these college only guys to help fill in the gaps and some of the slots that are missing. And, and I would say like, you know, even if you're in a league with a bunch of guys that are pretty sharp about college, you know, fancy football, generally generally speaking they're sharp about the offense they're not so sharp about the defense and so where you're going to make up ground is on the defense where it's easier to make up ground i should say is on the defensive side justice just stop talking we're giving away too many tips here (sighs) but that's that's i like to do this i like to help people so um on to north carolina on to North Carolina, and you've got one that's missing here. I'm kind of surprised. Um, we'll get to him in a minute. Um, Tony Grimes, corner, safety corner eligible, five-star, three overall at the position, 47 tackles. Um, I like this kid. I think he's NFL-caliber talent. Um, I mean, he was a high recruit, super, you know. Yeah, he was a super high recruit. Kind of had to find his way as a freshman. Right, got a little bit better last year. Yeah, that's a big jump from high school to college. So, I always like to say, you got to give these guys three years. If they're not doing it by their third year, then you need to look to move on. So, I expect some big things from him this year. Yeah, I mean, time for him to take a step up for sure. Yes, absolutely. Um, With that said, his counterpart. Storm Duck, and what a name, Storm Duck. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a corner, great, great safety corner eligible. Name. Exactly. Uh, only a three-star, 116 at the position, but he had 16 tackles in just five games, and his freshman year was off the charts. Uh, last yeah, year he was, was kind of derailed a little bit with he injury. He was a freshman but, All-American, I'm pretty sure. Yes, yes, he was. Um, yeah, he, he didn't quite live up to it last year, but his freshman year was impressive. Yeah, and he actually it was so impressive um, that many thought and still think that he's the better between him and Grimes, right? Because as a freshman, he had 37 tackles, 
two for a loss, two picks, five pass deflections. He returned one for a touchdown. Um, then as a sophomore, he only played in one game. Uh, and then last year, he only played in five games. So this is another kid, plenty of talent, uh, plenty of skill, uh, but he's got to make it happen. Um, yeah. We talked about Miles Murphy. Are the, oh, wait, this is the other Miles Murphy. for North the Carolina. other Miles Murphy, yeah. The other Miles Murphy. Def- and coincidentally, and, same position, defensive end, defensive and, back. And, and, and he's pretty good, too. <laughs> yeah, and he's pretty good, too. Four-star, six at the position, 38 tackles, four sacks, um, second-team preseason all-conference. Um, I like this kid. I mean, he's got a lot going for him. Um, yeah. He, he's someone I would want definitely, you know, especially in a defensive tackle required league. Yes. He's somebody that should be rostered for sure. Right. Um, no, next is Travis Shaw, defensive tackle, five-star six at the position, high school senior last year, heavily recruited. Everybody wanted Shaw. Um, the fact that uh, North Carolina got him was a big feather in their hat. Um but as a senior last year, he had 20 tackles and eight quarterback hurries. Uh, like I said, he's a true freshman. Was an early enrollee in January, so was there for the spring practice, which I think is important. Anytime you can do that, get those extra reps, that extra time in the weight room, that extra time in the film room. I think that stuff like that only can help you, right? Absolutely. You know, especially, you know, it, it, it helps prepare them for the college life, if nothing else. And so and this is a kid that I have ball. watched. This this dude's legit. And I think uh, North Carolina fell right into one here because I didn't think he was going to the Tar Heels. I thought he was going elsewhere. But um, this is a big get for them, and I think he's going to help them tremendously. Um, Here's one I really – I like this kid. I like – man, I like this kid. So – Linebacker Noah Taylor, and he's an outside guy, so he's uh, kind of that edge guy. That's where he's going to be when he hits the NFL. He's only a three-star, or was only a three-star, 40 at the position, 69 tackles, three sacks, and he's a transfer from Virginia. Um, I'm curious. I'm not really read up on it to why he transferred or what the decision was there. But this kid is 6'5", 225, um, doesn't have a lot of mass, doesn't have a lot of body weight, but he has the frame, right? Yeah. And in his three years at Virginia. I mean, he was productive he was in Virginia. Yeah. He was a problem. And I'll tell you, if you go back and watch, let's see, not last year. Help me. So this is 22. Don't go look at 21 film. Go back and look at 2020 film. And if I'm not mistaken, it's the year that they played Florida in the bowl game. He was an absolute game wrecker because of his length. Florida was trying to dump these flat passes off to the running back, short passes. And because of his length and his ability to get in the air, they just couldn't do nothing with him. And I think that's going to translate Super well to the NFL. Now, with that said, 
at 225 pounds or 200 and whatever. I was actually, that was his freshman year, 2019. Okay. So 2019. So yeah, on back um, at 225, he's got to beef up in the NFL. He's got to be up what? 255, 265. So he's going to have to put on some weight. Um, but if he can put on the weight and still be as athletic and be able to impact the pass game. That's where he's – I don't think he's a true pass rusher, but I think his ability to, to anchor and hold down and get up in the passing lanes, I think that's going to be his calling card at the NFL level. Yeah. I mean, he's had what so he had. disruptive. Yes. Yep. Um, let's see here. Make sure I've not missed anybody. There was someone you said you were surprised that didn't happen on the list, but well, I'm curious because and maybe you just don't see him the way I do, or I will say this: when I was putting together the the list for the coastal, I was kind of focusing on names that were already on there and trying to get that done today. So I didn't really spend a whole lot of time. Didn't spend a whole lot of time looking for a lot of other people. No, you're fine. Um. So the guy that you don't have on there is Desmond Evans, linebacker, kind of a defensive end guy. He's 6'5", 265. So I see him kind of being that tweener guy. Um, If you're looking at his numbers, you're going to ask me, well, what the hell are you talking about? He sucks. Uh, (laughs) Only six games as a freshman, 10 tackles, two for a loss of sack, forced or a fumble recovery. Last year as a sophomore, he played in 10 games, 18 tackles, two and a half for a loss, another fumble recovery. Um, kind of buried on the depth chart a little bit behind the Fox brothers and, and whatever. So now it's kind of a highly recruited player. Uh, this is going like to be the, his year. The depth chart I have, they have him as the backup to Noah Taylor. Who do they have on the other side? Kamon uh, Rucker. See, I think he ch- I think he challenges Rucker. Um, now I know spring games aren't aren't everything. Um, take it for what you will, a grain of salt. Um, but did happen to watch the spring game this year, and he was he was causing a lot of problems and so many pro- so many problems that they ask um, Coach Cutcliffe after the game, um, what about Evans? And he said, you know, we we knew he had this kind of capabilities and talent. We just hadn't seen it. And it appears that the switch is being turned on for him. And if he can continue this, he's going to be a huge part of our uh, defense going forward. Um, and you can see it. I mean, I, like I said, spring games are kind of scripted and take them for what you will. But um, when you can get a coach to come out and say, you know, this is what we were looking for. It's finally, looking like he's turning the corner or flipping the switch, that's pretty big. So if you're looking for a flyer, a defensive end, linebacker, I think Desmond Evans is definitely a guy you want to take a chance on. Um, Pittsburgh. Last few years, they've been defensive line you, right? Well, I think just overall Pittsburgh defense is, is an underrated unit, right? I think they, they, they were yes. pretty good. I mean, I don't think they get the credit they deserve. <laughs> they, 
they uh, they were underrated last sure. year. They performed really well. I expect them to be one of the from a you know just they have great individual players, but I think as a unit they're they're pretty good too, and I expect them to be one of the better defenses this year as well. Right, and I, I mean I got to look at them last year when in the one point or couple point win over my balls, and uh, they're coming to Knoxville this year, so. Um, we'll get to get that return match. So I will get a really good close look at how good their defensive line is this year. Um, Kalaja Kansi, defensive tackle, three-star, 63 overall, 33 tackles, seven sacks, first-team all-conference preseason. Um, uh, you and these names. Habakkuk Baldonado. Did pretty good three-star there. Star 50. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, Three-star, 51 overall, 41 tackles, nine sacks. And he's a second-team all-conference preseason. Um, and then linebacker, well, you got two more here. Um, Cervace. Cervace Dennis, two-star, 225th overall at the position, 82 tackles, four sacks a pick, second-team preseason all-conference. And then safety Brandon Hill, three-star, 50 at the position, 71 tackles, two picks, another second-team all-conference. Um, Servace Dennis is the one that stands out to me, right? A two star, 225 at the position, way outperformed. Uh, yeah, I mean, the two guys I, I'm partial to are Kalaja Kansi and Brandon Hill, those are two guys that I really liked going into last year, and I tried to pick them up everywhere I could. <laughs> I like Kansi too, I think he's a legit option, yeah, and you know. And then and Baldonado, you know, he came out with a big year last year. Right. Yeah, he kind of broke out last year, right? Had his uh, coming out party, if you will. Uh, and then Virginia. Our final team, linebacker Nick Jackson, three-star 35 at the position, 117 tackles, two-and-a-half sacks, and then uh, Chamari Connor, the safety, four well, star. Connor's Virginia Tech. Oh yeah, he is. Sorry. So Nick Jackson, he's the stud, right? Uh, with yeah. especially with Noah yeah. Taylor gone, Nick Jackson's the guy you want. I think he probably hits. Man, I think he could approach 130 tackles this year for them. Yeah, especially now that Taylor's gone, right? Yeah, I mean, I could easily see that. Yeah, 130 plus tackles because uh, they don't have a lot. They lost the. Uh, Who's the other guy? Not Noah Taylor. Uh, the other guy on the other side. They lost the, the safety, Joey Blunt, who was a, who was pretty big for them last year. I'm not sure who yes. the other linebacker was, but I know Blunt Blunt had a pretty good year for him last year at safety. Yeah. So if you can get uh, Nick Jackson, I think he's definitely one that I'm guessing you can probably get at a decent value. Um, yeah, because I'm, I'm not I sure he has a ton of NFL to acquiring. Right, he's he's, but he's. A, I mean, he might have some MF NFL, but to me, he's more for college production. You know, and you, and you and you hope for the NFL side. Yeah, I agree with you. He's he's someone that you should be able to get at a fairly cheap price. I would hope. And he's and probably wherever you're going to or whatever it costs you to acquire him, I think your return's going to be well worth it, um, just because of the the opportunity the that he's going to get there to make plays. Um, 
And then our last one is Virginia Tech safety, Chamari Connor, safety corner eligible, four-star, 24th position, 85 tackles, two sacks, and a pick. And he, he's someone that I have seen get some NFL buzz. So, um, you know, so he's not only giving you the college production, he also has that NFL potential too. Right. And um, kind of to piggyback off of that, um, if you're looking for some names that you don't know real well, um, this guy's a veteran, been around for four years. Uh, so this is actually his – he was a super junior last year because of COVID, so he's entering his senior year this year. Um, but it's going to be linebacker um, – shoot, lost his name here. Dax Hollifield, 6'1", 239. So he has pretty good size. Um, but he has gotten better every year, and last year was his best year. 92 tackles, nine for a loss, four and a half sacks. Um and they're expecting big things out of him this year. Actually, they're expecting him to help lead that defense. Um, and they may need him this year. Um, I think they have a lot of holes they need to clear up uh, or solidify all around the team. And until they can do that, I think he's going to be one of their bigger playmakers. Yeah. And, and another, you know, and you might want to, you know, pay attention to uh, the first couple games and see who steps up on the defensive line for Virginia Tech because they lost uh, Amari Barno, who got yeah. who got drafted by Carolina. So, you know, there might be someone there that's going to step up. So you might want to. And Hollisfield might be the guy because, like I said, he had. I think Hollisfield's more of a any more of like a middle linebacker guy, but I might be wrong. I mean, he is, but I mean, even last year, even with them losing Bar- with Barno, he led the team last year in sacks with four and a half. Um, he led the team in tackles for a loss with nine. So yeah, he's definitely one of their bigger impact players. And to get him back this year, they're, they're going to lean heavily on him, I think. So sweet. I think we've covered it. Um, we will be back next week with the Pac-12. If the Pac-12 is still intact by this time next week. Well, we know they're um, playing next year, right? So, Yeah, they're playing next That's, year. Um, Got to get well, them this, in while we this can. This coming year, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, who knows? They, they may stick around. Maybe they're not what they used to be, but um, – this whole realignment thing is just crazy. I mean, we've seen conferences come and go over the years, maybe not quite like this, but um, yeah, we'll maybe, see. With the Big 12 shooting them down, maybe they'll they'll try to get some of the Mountain West teams to join with them, like a Bo- Boise right. State or Colorado State. or Yeah, and I think that I think that would be actually, we were talking about realignment, maybe that's where the Pac-12 goes. Right? You you try to get a Boise State who was the original BCS buster, right? Trying to get in the playoffs, yep. upsetting Oklahoma. And, um, so maybe you try to pull some schools like that. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, we think uh, that's it. If you've unless you've got something else, no, just gonna say uh, 
uh, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. That helps. Yes, wherever you listen to us, follow, listen follow, to follow the follow on Twitter. Yep. Give us and those maybe- five star reviews. Um, follow us on Twitter. Uh, share it everywhere you can because this is how we grow. This is what makes us uh, get bigger and bigger. I know we're on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcast, uh, Google Podcast, uh, Stitcher, uh, Podbean, and a few other places. So go check them out there. Help us out. Um, and as always, any questions, trades, roster moves, um, player values. I, I think that's what, even in the NFL level, that's one of the bigger questions I get is, how does defensive players value towards offense? So I'm sure that's the same thing in college. So um, anything that you have, feel free to hit us up. We're always glad to help you out at Hollywood Titan, at Justice2318, at Brock underscore. No, Choppin underscore KC. Or, yeah, Choppin underscore KC. Uh, so glad he's not here because he'd be busting my balls over that. But, um, yeah, we're always glad to help. And, um uh, We will be back next week with the Pac-12. Good luck in your drafts, your auctions. Um, Let us know what you want to hear, what you don't want to hear. And uh, we will see you next week.